You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome into another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. It is Wednesday, September 14th. And if you're watching us on YouTube, please like this video and subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. We've got a roundtable for you today, as you can see on the screen. And if you're listening to us on, on audio, you're about to hear three other voices. Mike Schaefer covers Nebraska recruiting over at Husker 24-7. Alan True and Greg Biggins, national recruiting analysts for 247sports.com. They are here to discuss discuss the Nebraska situation from a recruiting perspective. Scott Frost is out. We're still trying to figure out what's going to happen in Lincoln. But let's begin with Nebraska recruiting and what it used to be and and why this is such a big deal in terms of the national landscape. Greg, you've been around a long time. Uh, You have a really good understanding of the brand that Nebraska used to be, especially out West, but in in a national scope as well. What kind of comes to mind about when you think Nebraska recruiting and the way they're able to recruit? You know, to be honest with you, when I think of Nebraska football, I'm a fan, you know, I'm I always will say the 95 Nebraska team was probably my all-time favorite, most dominant team I've, I've ever seen. But I've always thought of Nebraska as more of a developmental, right? They used to get those guys and they had that advanced strength program, nutrition program, and just being bigger and stronger and meaner going back to the 90s and 80s, shoot, 70s, right? Before my time. So from a recruiting standpoint, yeah, they have a national brand. I know all about them. But I think kids nowadays, when you talk to them and then you say, hey, back in the day, Nebraska was, was Bama uh, is now. They don't fully get that. So I think you almost kind of have to, you know, really educate the kids and kind of show them, hey, this is what we used to be. And if we get you, you know, we can maybe become that once again. But, you know, Nebraska, you know, again, my area, I remember, you know, Ralph Brown and Lawrence Phillips and, and guys from my area who, who went out there. But I've always, again, from a recruiting standpoint, I've always thought of them as being more of just getting guys, big, strong kids, and just really develop them once they got there rather than going out and having that national, national reach. Mike, this has been a program that I think has been trying to win recruiting battles. This this isn't a, a lack for effort problem, right? And I feel like when recruits get to Lincoln, they're, they're taken aback by the presence of the fan base, by how big Nebraska football is by the mention of the black shirts by the history of, of this program right i think it, it's it's a real learning experience whenever recruits get out there and they figure out oh like football is a huge deal here when you get a sense in, in talking to recruits about nebraska what do you get from them in, in terms of how they view nebraska and 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 maybe the 
the reputation hit that that program has taken in recent years? Yeah, I mean, Greg kind of kind of nailed it. Like Nebraska right now for a lot of these kids is the program your dad watched or the program your uncle watched or the program your grandpa watched have a ton of success in the 70s, 80s and 90s. And so for Nebraska, a lot of what they have to do, their biggest battle usually comes early on in the recruitment just to keep the interest level. And then they have to try to plant the seeds to get a kid to come out not once, not twice, but sometimes three times. Because the biggest thing is to just get them to Lincoln. I mean, the perception of Nebraska is that it is a football stadium inside a cornfield and everybody shows up in their tractors and they root the team on that way. As, as a person who's lived here my entire life, I've spent less than probably a dozen times in a cornfield. But, you know, there's only so much that you can tell somebody. I mean, Lincoln's a city of 300,000 people. It's not a small college town either. So a lot of times guys get here and whether they fly into Lincoln or fly into Omaha, they're kind of blown away because they're going into an urban environment and they don't expect that. They genuinely expect that they're just going to be flown into the middle of a cornfield, dropped off, take a tractor to the game, all the whatever stereotypes you want. And so Nebraska has always continually and it's, you know, when they've been good, they've been battling that, too. So a lot of it is getting over the perception of where you are in in the country. And then on top of it now, it's to try to sell that there's something else here that isn't. Well, they used to be really good back in the day. I mean, nostalgia is great to a point. Having a history is great to a point, but college football history is littered with programs that had really good runs that no longer have the cachet or the value that we know them as. So Nebraska, whether it's been Scott Frost, Mike Riley, Bo Pelini before them, I mean, the, the battle has always sort of been, we want to get back to the winning of the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, and we need recruits like you to do it. And it takes a certain kind of individual to to want to wanna be a part of that. But And the other thing that Greg said is huge. I mean, as long as I've covered recruiting now going back to about 2011 and and following it well before then nebraska's never had an issue of getting top 25 classes i mean despite its geography battles and everything else they can get a top 25 class the biggest issue for the last three coaches is they haven't developed the talent that they brought in i mean the best players as rated by 24 7 sports that often end up in lincoln haven't turned out or in the case of wandale robinson they didn't like how they were used they left now they're in the nfl so there's just a lot of different battles but with recruiting Whoever ends up with this job, they're going to have an opportunity to recruit better than 90% of the teams that play on their schedule. You're not going to have better recruits in Ohio State or Michigan, but just about everybody else in that conference until USC shows up, they're going to have a higher recruiting ranking, and yet they've still been losing those games at an alarming clip. Yeah, Alan, this is a different era of recruiting, and Nebraska, since their move to the Big Ten, did see a boost in recruiting. Uh, They have been recruiting perennially at a top 20, top 20 level under Scott Frost, this class, uh, unfortunately for, for them, isn't up there. Where is Nebraska recruiting right now? Yeah, so they're uh, 37 overall in the composite team rankings. They're at 14 commits. Um, they do have three, four stars on the composite in this class and a, a couple uh, that I think we're a little bit higher on than the composite. And they were in the position to land a couple more. I mean, they are still one of the top schools for Malachi Coleman, who's a four-star from inside the state. We will see if the lead he has on the 24-7 sports crystal ball continues now in light of uh, all of the recent news in Lincoln. But they still are very much a top school for him. 
I could see him, I, you know, he has an October decision plan. I could see him maybe coming off that date if uh, things haven't solidified by then. Oklahoma's coming hard after him. But if they can land him, I still think it's a pretty good class. You know, I, I don't think, as you mentioned, they had some really, really good classes when Scott Frost first came in. I think with the some of the question marks about how long he was going to be around and uh, some of the seasons they've had, you can't expect them to keep the classes at the same level as those first few. That being said, I think this one being inside the top 40 with a guy like Malachi Coleman still there that could push it closer to the top 25 is, is a pretty good effort given um, what they've also had to deal with. Yeah, we're going to continue our conversation on Nebraska football recruiting. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We are back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Blair Angulo joined by Mike Schaefer, Greg Biggins, and Alan True. We are discussing Nebraska recruiting, where they've been, where they are, where they could be in the future. And Alan, before we, we shift gears, you mentioned something really important there about this class being good still, right? They still have some really interesting pieces. And I think the timing of it was interesting, right? The firing before the uh, the buyout was going to drop 50%. Uh, I think it was a, a, an idea for them to be able to salvage this year, not only the season, but also in terms of recruiting and, and maybe not falling behind or delaying something that was inevitable. I thought the timing of it was, was interesting. What did you make of it? Yeah, you know, I, I think that the timing probably had a lot more uh, to do with things other than recruiting. But as far as it goes in recruiting, I think uh, you'll have some time here. And I do think that there are a lot of guys in this class who would have chosen Nebraska no matter who the coach was. You have a lot of in-state players, some players with ties to the program. And so there may be a couple that they'll have to keep recruiting. Uh, I think, I mean, I think they'll keep recruiting all of them, but I think that you have uh, more time to do this now and and keep the class together. Whereas if you make a coaching uh, decision more in December, you know, right before the early signing period, which happens a lot of the time, then you're really scrambling to put together the class or keep the class at that point. So we'll see what happens as it affects uncommitted players. I think for this class, I would expect this class to largely stay together until a new coach is hired and then we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, there's going to be several recruits that make it out to Lincoln this weekend for that big matchup against Oklahoma. And I think a lot of questions will be asked by by that group of recruits just to figure out the timeline and what the administration and that, that athletic department 
has in mind for what they want to do at the head coaching position. Greg, this is going to be an interesting recruiting angle to the coaching search, right? I think a lot of eyeballs are going to be on this move considering what we saw last year, the coaching carousel, all the different layers that now come with being a head coach from a recruiting standpoint, the constant communication, the transfer portal, NIL, branding, you know, being able to juggle different classes and offers and commitments and the early signing period. There's so many different things. What are some characteristics that the next Nebraska head coach needs to have in your opinion? I mean, it's, it's cliches, right? You can say the same thing about any every head coaching position when it opens up. You need to have a guy who is going to be a great developer, as Mike said, and a guy who's going to recruit his butt off, right? Uh, again, Nebraska doesn't have you know, a, a ton of top talent in state. They do have some, but if you're comparing Nebraska versus, you know, the other states, um, you know, o- Ohio, Texas, California, I mean, let's not even go there. But I think what the early firing does for me, it shows that, you know, money's no object. It shows that they're committed, right? I mean, how many programs do we know out West Blair that, you know, money is a reason why, you know, teams delay a firing that, you know, is inevitable. I think Nebraska gives them a, a leg up on other jobs that will open. They can start going right now and trying to find a new head coach so you know if you know the guy's not the guy then get rid of him right away and give you know the administration a chance a longer chance to go and get a guy and again money is an object for nebraska facilities are there nil is there um tradition is there for me i I think you got to recruit a great staff who's young and and maniacal and how they want to go out and recruit you know the head coach yeah it's great to have a head coach who's going to be involved in recruiting but i don't know if it's necessary if you have a great staff that's going to be maniacal and how hard they push it but just have a great coach who knows how to coach and develop and you've already said it, you know, Nebraska's going to have a talent advantage over every team other than Michigan, Ohio State and USC in a couple of years. If you got a guy that can develop, that can scheme, you have a young staff that's energetic, that can go out nationally. It's a great brand for me still. I think you have a chance to have a, a winning program back at Nebraska, which again, for me, I'm, I'm old school, man. I'd love to see those traditional powers, whether it be Nebraska, Notre Dame, Yankees baseball, right? Cal State Fullerton baseball. I'll throw my Titans in there. You know, I, I'd love to see it. So I, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm curious and fascinated by the whole episode, how it's going to work out. Yeah, Mike, now before we wrap up, this is going to be, I think, one of those situations where uh, a lot of recruits are going to be paying attention to, right? I I think now that they are on that stage to announce it the way they've announced it, you have been really close in in communication with recruits uh, for obviously for a number of years. What are some things that you're going to be looking for in the new head coach and and in that relationship to to recruiting? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be really curious if they can outline some kind of vision as to what they want this to look like. I think one of the things that Scott Frost came up short with, he didn't really have an identity once it became apparent the offense that he wanted to run wasn't going to work in the Big Ten. And they struggled to then identify players that fit. They went and got uh, really small, really fast guys and wanted to go with the speed kills uh, style and then quickly found out you can't block on the edges in the Big Ten uh, with five foot seven wide receivers and run the ball effectively. So whoever it is and the, the biggest thing is just having that vision. On top of it, I mean, I think as Nebraska targets finding a coach for both recruiting and for just the the on on the field play. I mean, someone familiar with the Big Ten area, it's going to make a lot of sense because that's where you're going to have to recruit at least a portion of your class is going to come out of that 500-mile radius. Uh, you're going to have to have some success in Iowa and Indiana and Illinois. You don't have to get all of your players there, but you're going to have to be able to have some success close to home. You're going to have to be able to play in Big Ten-style football games. So that means being able to stop the run. That means being able to uh, run the football. I mean, these are, these are 
very simplistic things that Nebraska has just struggled to do for five seasons now. And so from the recruiting standpoint, if you get someone who can identify early on, hey, this is how I've got to build it. Or if you have someone who understands how Big Ten play goes, I think that's going to make it relatively easy. And then the final thing is, where do they want to go geography wise? I mean, I've covered several different staffs now. They all have different plans where they want to try to go get their players. Mike Riley was big trying to go out west. I always thought that made a lot of sense because you have less competition there. Scott Frost really liked to go to the southeast. He wanted to be in Florida. He wanted to be in Georgia. He wanted to be in Alabama. Bo Pelini early on really hit Texas hard, left the Big Ten or left the Big 12, immediately made a push into Michigan, into Ohio, into Indiana and Illinois. And so I, I really want to see wherever this hire goes, where do they try to make their hay as far as in the country? Because Nebraska has to recruit nationally. They can't take all their players from next door states. They've, they've got to be able to go to Florida and to Texas and to California. But where are you really going to try to build your pipelines? Nebraska really went hard into Florida and Georgia. And the result of it, despite some nice looking recruiting classes, a lot of guys in the transfer portal. And that's that's kind of the last element of all of this is can you get a coach who can figure out how to take advantage of the transfer portal without being overly reliant on it? Because I think Nebraska is a place where you have to develop your talent and you can't just go to the portal every year and try to pluck a quarterback, try to pluck a starting left tackle. It's just not a feasible or realistic option to me. Yeah, we saw how how interesting everything became last year. USC, Oregon, LSU, Notre Dame, Miami, just to name a few, all, all those spots filling up with new coaching changes and obviously Nebraska now being one of the more fascinating cases here this this recruiting cycle. For Mike Schaefer, Greg Biggins, and Alan True, I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. 